Can you tell I'm tired? Yeah. 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 What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Deco Podcast, episode 202. I am your host, Omega Zed, a.k.a. Ken Cardez, editor-in-chief of Decor's written content, available at digitalerentertainment.com, where you can find all of our written reviews, older podcast episodes, and more. I'm here with uh, my co-host, Gino, owner Hi. and operator of the Waypoint Cafe. At 65 Ludlow Street, where we come to you live. Uh, yeah, we got Monkey Island for the background, because that game came out. Yeah. And it's actually really good. It's very good. Uh, I bought a lot of games this week. <laughs> I bought the physical edition of Stray. I bought a lot of... I got a lot of demos. Steam had... Because of TGS. Steam yeah. had like, oh yeah, here's all the games that are being demoed. Mm-hmm. A lot of good games that are coming out. Yeah, there's some that I have a bone to pick with. Like Valkyrie Elysium, we'll talk. We'll talk about that in the what we've been playing section. But uh, I picked up Stray Physical. I picked okay. up uh, Solstice Physical after finding out it has a physical. It's like, wait, I spent money on this digitally. So thankfully, with the PlayStation Store, you have I think it's like seventy two hours to refund yeah. it. So I did that. <laughs> I was like, let me get my money back so I can buy the physical edition of this game. Uh, so that's what I did. I bought Solstice and Stray and um, Monkey Island, which was amazing. Um, we'll talk about that later on in the show, but welcome to the show, everybody. And we got Vinnie Mac in the truck hanging out or is he, or are you triple H now? Like since there's no more, uh, since there's no more Vinnie Mac at WWE, I guess that makes Mario, uh, triple H, triple H. I don't know if that's better or worse. (laughs) Is that better or worse? I I don't know now. (laughs) I am uh, the game. Uh. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Many are probably wondering why we still don't have a wrestling podcast. Because <laughs> aren't there too many? I mean, we have two. We have this gaming podcast, and then we have... No, I'm saying there aren't there like too podca- many wrestling podcasts? There probably are. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> Working on it. I don't know if it's uh if we if we should really do That's it. It's a saturated market. I feel That's especially when you have extremely saturated market. Especially when you have uh, the what's it called behind the uh, what's that show called behind the behind the ropes or something or uh, something like that. I guess so. I don't yeah. know. I don't follow a lot of wrestling podcasts, so I just I watch like all like the new stuff on YouTube and things. It's so. all like it's the podcast that talks about like the behind the scenes of what's going on and everything. I don't know. There's a few. There's the yeah. Vi- there's a Vice show like Dark Side of the Ring, but there's Dark also Side of the Ring there's also Behind the Ropes, which yeah, is, I think it's Behind the Ropes also, yeah, which is a podcast that talks like a lot about behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, in terms of like the dr- the drama, the drama. Excuse <sighs> me. Oh man, I have been up since early. Oh, there's a ton of wrestling podcasts. I mean, same thing could be said about gaming podcasts, but I don't really feel like there's a lot that's super out there. There aren't any that, like, yes, they're gaming podcasts, but most of them, I feel like, are retro gaming podcasts or, like, behind yeah. the scenes of gaming. There's a lot more, like, YouTube stuff. I think that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Which is funny, because that ties into a lot of... Every other culture. Every other culture we tie into. And other things that we will be talking about on our show. Uh, but let's get into what we've been playing, because there's a lot of stuff to cover with what we've been playing. All those demos we were talking about on Steam... What were some of the things you came uh, across? Rusted Moss, surprisingly enough, is actually being made by a friend. I didn't even know they were making this game. Okay. And they're like, yeah, this is what I've been doing. I'm just like, I'm sorry. You made a Metroid Fusion-like game, and you didn't tell me? <laughs> they made a Metroidvania and decided to withhold that information from you? Yes. But it's not even like a Metroidvania. It's, it's, it's a cro- like the combat and everything, like gunplay and all that, feels like Metroid. But the level design is the Zero games. Okay. And I'm like, wait a second. This is great. Wait, th- this has no right being this good. This is a demo. It's like, I want more. <laughs> Feed me more. I'm like, give me more. <laughs> yeah. It's called Rusted Moss. It's really good. Um, I've also been playing Gundam. The Gundam Evolution? Gundam Evolution. How are you liking that? I like it for two reasons. Okay. One, because I did kind of miss Overwatch. Fair. Uh, so this is guilt-free Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
2. Um, at first, I didn't like it, but once I opened up the control panel and it allows you to change the sensitivity based on motion, so your up-down sensitivity can be tighter mm -hmm. versus your side-to-side, -side, which could be looser. And I'm like, I really like the ability with like that expanded control scheme. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you gave me a lot of accessibility options here, like in terms of changing. Once I got all my options settled in, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It reminds me of beta Overwatch right now because <laughs> nobody knows what the actual meta is. Um, <laughs> we have our Doomfist, which is the uh, which is Barbados. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, he's super mobile, all of that. But it's like, yeah, but if you. If everyone just focuses it, it dies instantly. <laughs> yeah. So, like, in playing the demo, uh, there were a lot of issues I had with it. Like, don't get me wrong. The game is fun to play. Yeah. Uh, but fun doesn't always equate, like, good. Good. <laughs> um, so, one of the things that I, I found very weird is, like, for it being a Gundam game, I, I, I dislike the fact that there's squishy Gundams. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. In, okay, so... <laughs> like, I get why it's in the game, because no, you, no, you no, want to no, no, have no. some That's type of That's actually more related. In Gundam lore, when you have to verse them all together, there's actual... Re have you played any of the Extreme Maxi Boost games? Oh. Okay, so even there are squishy Gundams in that as well. And the reasoning behind that is because, hey, turn A Gundam is literally the end-all, be-all Gundam. Right. Its main move, Moonlight Butterfly, erases all silicone-based technology. Well, silica-based technology from Earth all the way out to Jupiter. Right. Well, again, that's in the context of the anime. But they take in a, all in a six v. Oh, sorry. In a five v five. Six v six. Six v six. In a six v six shooter, they have to. They have to. It, it has to be balanced it, out, which means that shouldn't exist. There should be a fair amount of gunplay across all the Gundams in there. And there isn't. And well, that bothers me. Okay. Well, a gun tank in a GM isn't going to be the same as, say, Unicorn. Gun tanks are grunt suits. Zaku's are grunt suits. Yeah. Which makes sense. Like, no, the idea of them being squishy is also just because of the Gundam community is very, very... And, and this is something I'm real, I can't believe I get to talk about. But Gundam Otaku, Guntaku, are... Very particular about their Gundam games. I know they are. And, and that's why they, something like Gundam Old Rush just doesn't work. Oh, no, yeah, but <laughs> it, it, it works for... They know the market. That's the only market they care about. They get others involved. Who, good for them. But they only care about Gundam Otaku. It is a game that specifically exists for people like me. And um, basically, it's like, yeah, Unicorn is... A high HP suit because Unicorn is a giant suit. Right. As, um, the GM sniper being 800 health makes sense because it is a very light airframe suit because it has to be, uh, what's it called? It has to be light. It has to be stealthy. So that's why, that's why it's light. The um, what's it called? The uh, Pale Rider is also a light suit. It's it's a super mobile suit. So it has a lighter frame. It doesn't have the heavy armor and things like that. So them having different houses, them being squishy, things like that. The Barbados Gundam is actually considered one of the weakest of all the main title suit Gundams. Yes. Because it is mostly a frame with very light armor on it. So they have to take all that lore stuff into account when making a Gundam game. I know it sounds dumb, but if you played other Gundam games, it's actually par for the course. My only complaint right now is people don't seem to understand what objectives are. No, no one ever does in these kind of games. That pisses me <laughs> off, too. It's but that's more just about gaming in general. And that's how you can tell it's a bunch of weeaboos playing this game and not actual shooters. Yeah, exactly. It's a bunch of, like, literally in voice chat. I've been having so much fun because we, we're not, we don't even do team chat. We're all doing party chat because we're all just talking about our favorite Gundams <laughs> and, like, a five-minute match. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just like I. I understand why. More it's specific, out. technically, the gun tank's ultimate should kill it. Yes, because <laughs> you're killing the pilot. <laughs> you are literally committing suicide. I'm saying like the only thing is like <laughs> I'm just like okay, let it have its fun in the sun. Like we all know it's gonna get overtaken by Overwatch two in a couple of weeks anyway. So is it because I think it has the better battle pass? 
It has the more fair battle pass. No one cares about the battle pass. <laughs> no one really like anyone who complains about battle passes isn't playing that game. Like they're just not yeah. playing the game. Um. So I think I think the amount of I think I like the fact that like suits are unlockable and things like that. Yeah, like it it has a the 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 play path yeah. makes sense. I just there's a lot of balance issues in that game that I call off rip from beta to actual like release, and I'm just like this is not good, but people are gonna eat this up anyway. Oh yeah, <laughs> because gun- do you know how hard it is to get a fun Gundam game? <laughs> That's not a 2v2 fighter. Uh, wasn't there? Well, I saw that there was like a, uh, a four-way free-for-all fighting game kind of one. I don't know. That's Gundam Extreme. Yeah. So I was like, there's that. We haven't had an actual like Gundam game since the Dreamcast. I know. It's been a while. We had, we had Gundam Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. Those were fun. Those are fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like, I, I just feel like, you know, everyone's going to eat it up. But uh, I just, I don't see the longevity of this game compared to something like Overwatch. So. I don't see Overwatch having longevity. Yeah, that that's mm. a <laughs> like yes, the beta for two was great, and then after that, I know no one who played the beta. Well, wasn't it like a very short beta too? Well, there were, there were two betas, the first beta and then the second beta, and the second beta, everyone was like, "Yeah, it's all right," but like that's it. It's okay. Yeah, it doesn't feel like there's like the fanfare isn't the same. For Overwatch 2 as it was for like when Overwatch was first coming yeah. out. Which is weird. Wasted potential, the game. <laughs> I wasn't going to say Gohan. It. <laughs> It's the Gohan of video games. No, be careful with that because Toriyama mm-hmm. apparently was on record saying that Gohan is like the strongest one out of all the Z fighters. Has he yet to prove it yet? I, in the movie? Okay, fair. In the movie. In Dragon Ball Superhero? <laughs> he should have proved it during the Cell Saga. I uh, should have, and the Boo Saga. <laughs> and you- <laughs> no, he he proves it in Dragon Ball Superhero. Mm. Spoiler alerts: mm. He fights Cell Max mm. with the help of Orange Piccolo. Uh, <laughs> I wish I was kidding, but that's what his I new know. form is called. That's what his new form. I know Orange Piccolo. His form is called Orange Piccolo. The strongest Z fighter, why does he need the help of Orange? <laughs> I mean, it's Dragon Ball. Everybody jumps somebody at some point in that show. It's like, I want this to be a fair fight. It's three on one. This is totally yeah. fair. <laughs> uh, Look at Tournament of Power. It was like Goku, Frieza, and Android 17 versus Jiren. And it was fair. <laughs> Wasn't it because Jiren's two partners got knocked out early? No, it's because Jiren's just that freaking strong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, Jiren technically didn't lose that fight. He just got ring outed. <laughs> A ring? Hey, hey. It works. It works in Soul Calibur. Yeah, it works. It counts like- as an Evo win. <laughs> <laughs> it was a ring out, and it took two of them to ring him out. Siegfried, crack across the face. <laughs> I want a Soul Calibur bake. Bandai Namco, give me another <laughs> Galactic Evo. Galactic Evo. It's what it was. It's literally what it was. Oh, man. But yeah, I just, I wasn't a fan. Like, I, I, I'm glad I, like, it is fun to play. Yeah. I just, there's just so many issues that I had with it. I personally. just like how, how suits aren't tied to being just support or like yeah like i genuinely like that because i did find a suit that is support focused but you can still pew pew still pew pew i sat there annoyed i sat this wait you're the medic i sat there's like wait you're the medic from from tf2 gun tank you're my heavy weapons guy come here yep uber charge you yeah (laughs) oh my god uh, what else have I been playing? I played a little bit of Splat. Splat 3. Splat 3, yeah. I like it. Nice. It was alright. The story mode's good. Uh, that's that's the thing that disappointed me the most. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. Just, like Splatoon 3 didn't feel like a proper sequel. It feels like a really expensive DLC. I can understand that. I think what probably the issue was, was I think they created the Octopass expansion, which was the nice capstone. But I feel like there is going to be DLC again like that. Yeah. That will probably be the nice capstone. Splatoon 2's final boss was a pain, though. <laughs> Playing your old agent? Like, no, I never want to do that again. I don't think a lot of people wanted to do that. That was such a, that was such a painful fight. I know it was. Horrifying. But yeah, I, was, uh, I wasn't, like, disappointed. It just didn't... I was just like... Okay. This was just... I was, I was kind of whelmed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's all right. It's just yeah. more of the same, which is not bad sometimes. I don't know. I kind of wanted bigger and better, and it just felt like more of the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that now I see why, like, Nintendo has always has to do, like, a lot of sequels sometimes, because, like, they're just like, where do we really go from yeah. a certain point? Like, how do we really, like make this feel new and it's a good mindset to have when you're making sequels to games because like if you can't go bigger and better like what do you do with what this? do you do yeah what do you do i feel like a lot of companies suffer from that yeah and that's um, why i'm happy when like certain franchises actually like come back and or when they come back they actually do something new metroid so, like, like everyone sitting here is like oh we want metroid prime 4 i'm like yes we know you want metroid prime 4 but metroid prime 4 is still a prequel game yeah we the true Metroid fans like, hey, where do we go after Fusion? What happens after Fusion? Well, that's why we, we now got, what we got. We got Dread. We got Dread. And that was fine. And that was good. And it was nice to show why Metroid does it the way it does. Um, now everyone's taking notes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, but it's just interesting because, like, you know, certain franchises do run into the uh, the fatigue issue of, like, you know, how do we keep doing this? Call of Duty recently. Yeah. The, the did you play of, the multiplayer? No. I'm, I did. I don't touch Call of Duty anymore, man. I had a friend send it to me, and he was like, yeah, play it. Try it. Tell me what you think. I said, there should be a $40 expansion pass, like I said all those years ago. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, like, I can understand why a lot of the times, like, companies are hesitant when someone's like, hey, I have a idea for insert franchise that they feel maybe has run its course like i like, like now i see why when cory barlog initially was like hey i want to do a new god of war they were hesitant they were like well, we don't know we kind of feel and then when and he, then he produced, the when script, he, when he produced them the script and they were like oh this is actually really good yeah this is different yeah. this is actually it's not continuing it's like no i want to use the characters and show Progression. Some progression. And, and, something I, I, new. and that was something that really helped, you know, the God of War franchise. You know, now I look back and I'm like, yeah, you know, a lot of people want new games in these particular franchises. But when you look at where the franchise has gone, where do you really go, go from there? It's like I look at, you know, Infamous, a franchise. Yeah, I we love. were talking about that recently. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, where does it really go? Like, where do you where, where do you go with Infamous? Like I, we were talking about this, how we felt that. um <laughs> About that, about Last of Us Two. Yeah, like Last of Us Two just just felt like it, it there. Was, it was there. It was just was a completely unnecessary game. I, I really feel like the Last of Us was supposed to be on one and done. You know what I think? And then Sony was like, "Here's money, make another one." Yeah, I really think so. And also, I would have rather if they left the characters from Last of Us One just in the past and just gave us another side for Last of I Us. I think 2. what would have been really great for Last of Us Two is if. Uh, you know, when in the first Last of Us, for example, uh, there was a scene when you're going through the college and you read about the, the, the roommates that decided to go on their own thing. Like, yeah. that could have been made into a game. A game, yeah, exactly. And you could have followed, like, these guys who left the school. Like, there's the tie to the first Last of Us. Oh, that's the school we went to in the first yeah. game. And there then you, you go on go. this whole separate adventure. Exactly. On, you know, I think that would have been better. But, like, they could have done what Resident <laughs> Evil did technically and then converged the stories if they wanted to. Yeah, basically Telltale Walking Dead, where it just went all, yeah. along the way. Like, hey, okay, so-and-so went this way. Let me follow that story. Um, but again, you know, the other thing with uh, when you do sequels is also about recognizability. So it's like, you know, yeah, Joel and Ellie were such loved like- characters from the first game. It was like, if you do a sequel, like, you have to have one of them at least. I, I feel like they could have done that, but I feel like they also could have done, like, 
if they were to do that, then I would have rather like a cameo or something. A cameo or have Ellie's tell the tell a story of like somewhat like kind of almost like a flashback, like it's farther in the future, or where there's an actual homestead set up and everything, and then it's like, hey, this is what it took to get here. Or you have the college like those college kids yeah. escape. And then you do like a time skip and then it's like five years later or whatever right. or whatever time between when Ellie was a kid to when she is now. Yeah. Which I think it was about five, six, I seven I think it's years. five, five, five or six years. She was like 13 in her and she was 19. Yeah. So it's about five, six years. And then like the college survivors come across where they're at. Yeah. You know, and that then that's, been, that's how you get that's the Joel and Ellie yeah, cameo. Yeah. You know, and that would have been cool. I think something like that would have been nice. I felt like the fact that Last of Us 2 was just a revenge plot. Just kind of, I'll be quite honest with you, dirtied the game. So if you read my review, I had a lot of pro- problems with the narrative. And my biggest issue with it was something that the first game did very well. Because like the first game really emphasized that you're trying to survive. Yeah. So you're going to fight your way out of it. And this game tried to make you feel bad about killing people. Like, Ellie was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? And I'm like, we just slaughtered, like, 30 people. 30 people. <laughs> you th- you slaughtered someone point. playing a PS, uh, PS Vita. <laughs> yeah. Minding their own business. And then she's like, I don't know if I should kill this one other person that, like, killed Joel. And it's like, you, you had no problem. <laughs> decapitating and stabbing like the 30 people it took to get to this one person and now you develop a conscious and I hate 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 when games do that and that was my biggest problem with The Last of Us 2 it's just like the game just didn't trust you as a player (laughs) you know what game pulls that off like really 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 well Bioshock I was gonna say Bioshock (laughs) or um, uh, Deus Ex yes because if you go and continue killing, you see it way on Adam throughout the game. Yes. And by the end of the game, you're just kind of like, yeah, I feel like a monster now at the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. But if you go and, and you keep your kind of like, it makes you question every decision. Yeah. Well, Spec Ops the line is very different because like, obviously the main character, by the end of the game, you're like, holy crap. But yeah. you don't really see it until you get to one specific scene, scene. in the game. Yeah. The scene that everyone talks about, the White Phosphorus scene. That scene is probably top five most disturbing scenes in a video game ever. And that's when you realize, wait, am I, am I, am I the asshole? Am I the villain? <laughs> am I the bad guy? <laughs> um... So that 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 uh that was just such good writing too. Like but yeah. stuff like that I, I think I appreciate more. But again, going back on to the main points, like you know, sometimes a seek games franchises sometimes franchises just need to end. They do. Yeah. You know, that and I, I like when You mean another Sly Cooper game. See there's that's where it's different because I feel like platform games, you can just make platform games and then you change like a mechanic or two and you just keep going with them. Well, I would say yes, but like judging by like Jack and Daxter and how they ran that into the ground. So I think Jack and Daxter's problem was at that time, everybody wanted to do something like Grand Theft Auto because Grand Theft Auto was like open world and, and and then like every game had to be like this action open world game. Ratchet and Clank was selling insanely well. Yeah. So that they felt like, I guess they felt the pressure to move Jack and Daxter into that avenue and that unfortunately killed Jack and Daxter as like yeah. a series because after like Part two was open world gun game, and then part three was open world gun game, and then you just got bored. Like, yeah. just, um, like open world platformer would have been fine. Yeah. In fact, I want more of that. We're, 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 can I get an open world platformer? That's not by Nintendo. That's not by Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Like, uh, as much as I hate to say, good luck. The, the hope is that Sonic Frontiers is like it looks like it's gonna be that way. I, I hope. I want Sonic Frontiers to I be good. I want Sonic Frontiers to be good, too, because Sega needs the win. Yeah. But. It's Sonic. <laughs> it's Sonic Team. It's Sonic Team. That's, that's, it's not Sega, it's Sonic Team. It's Sonic Team without the direction of Yuji Naka. Exactly. And. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough sell. It is a tough sell. Like, I'll be quite honest with you. It, it's kind of the reason, like, someone asked me, Gino, why do you always collect? 
why do you go out of your way to get physical versions of your games? Like, because out of all the companies out there, specifically Nintendo games, I'll go out of my way to get physical outside of retro stuff. Right. They keep the ritual of like, oh yeah, I got the game. I have it in my hands. I have it in my hands. I have to take the cartridge, put it into the thing. It's, that's a type of work so you could see the final product. Yeah. So it feels like you un- you understand the weight of what it took to get that cartridge into your hand. That's why I bought Stray. Like even though yeah. it was f- free because you had the PlayStation and a s- yeah. pl- premium or whatever, I was like, no. I wanted a physical copy of this wonderful game, and I got the physical copy of the game. And one of the advantages of the physical copy of the game is you get there's six art cards with artwork from the game yeah. included in the physical edition of Stray, and I'm like. This wasn't with the digital copy of the game. And that's cool. Like that's that I appreciate that type yeah. of stuff. And it's why I hate the push to digital consoles so much digital only consoles so much. It's gonna be a, a tough thing to really adapt to, but at some point, like it is gonna become the norm. It know? is like it, that's one of my biggest complaints about PC gaming, because I I genuinely miss even if it's just for a download code. Just give me the a big box. box. Yeah. <laughs> give me a box. That's why I like the collector's edition of like Final Fantasy 14. Because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, here's a giant box. I'm like, sweet. What's in it? A statue and an art book. The game? Here's a, here's a piece of paper with your code. Cool. <laughs> it's funny that that happens because you, you're starting to see that happen with a lot of like console special editions. I know I genuinely hate that for console special editions. Yeah. I genuinely hated the console special edition for um Oh my god, it just uh Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Yeah. I, I keep wanting to call it Lost Horizon. I don't know why. Okay. Um Only because it's like cool, I spent this much money and you get the steel book. Does the game come with it? No. What What? That's how I feel about the God of War Ragnarok Special Edition. <laughs> it's like, awesome. I have this great replica of Mjolnir. I got these little, like, figurines and a map and a thing. Does it come with the game? No. Nope. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> at that point. And I'm just like. For that price, I understand. Okay. But, like, at that point, just give me the game for free. Yeah. But it doesn't even come with a code of the game. Exactly. It's, no, yeah. Like, <laughs> It's just like, what, what am I buying? The statue. And, it, and it's because I love God of War so much. That, um, I just pre-ordered the physical uh, collector's edition for Callisto Protocol, too. Because oh, that nice. comes with a statue. Does it come with the game? That one comes with the game, thankfully. <laughs> EA didn't mess around. I like how that's EA. EA's like, yeah, we will come the game. Because at that point, I'll be, quite, I'll be quite honest with you. For If you're paying that much for the collector's edition... The CD that the game is burned to is literal pennies for these companies. Literally pennies. And it wasn't even that big of a price couch. Like, it's only a, it's like a $180 collector's edition for... Uh, That's really good, actually. Callisto Protocol. It's like a statue and some other That's thing. That's really good, actually. Yeah. Speaking of price gouging. Yeah, let's, talk, let's get into some of this news. Because, like... <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that uh, has so, been pretty interesting. So since we're on the subject of PC stuff, NVIDIA has uh, revealed their latest line of their RTX. Video. They've shown off two cards. The 4080, which has two versions, a 12 gigabyte version, a 16 gigabyte version, yeah. and the 4090 as their flagship. And they're both very expensive. Oh, very expensive. The, the 4090, if I remember correctly, is $1,500. Well, granted, yes, that's that's... That's not the same as like the the thirty ninety when it launched, right. which was like two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Same with like the TI, which is like almost twenty five hundred dollars. But those right. were under the constraints of hey, no one could get a graphics card. Yes, um, but why is why are they so expensive now? So like, Nvidia. So there's multiple multiple reasons for this, and what it can all be, what it can be distilled down to is actual greed. You're you're saying that NVIDIA is being greedy. NVIDIA, um, so a week before this happened, EVGA, NVIDIA's biggest board partner. Yeah, they um, left. I remember that. They publicly announced that they're no longer working with with NVIDIA. They're actually pulling completely out of the graphics card industry, which makes up, mind you, 80% of their sales, not their revenue. It only makes up about, I think, like 10% of their revenue. 
Um, but, the, and their reasonings for it was EVGA was just not respectful to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't find out the price of these cards until when everyone else finds out the price. They didn't fi- uh, they're not allowed to buy anything until the day of the media thing. All because NVIDIA likes to be greedy and likes to be the, the big show-off-y per- people. Um, they've also spoke about how NVIDIA wants to do vertical integration with everything. So basically, NVIDIA started making their own cards called the Founders Editions. Right. These were undercutting all their board partners. The reason why you have board partners is so you have shelves. Back in the day, you would have board partners, so you would have shelf space. Even if they weren't all like, they'd still be the NVIDIA branded cards, so your cards would get into people's hands and everything. Um, but basically, um, after the announcement, everyone started running the numbers and <clears throat> you know, Moore's law, right? Right. As technology increases, the price goes down. Mm-hmm. Well, the CEO of NVIDIA said Moore's law is dead because of constraints of, of everything going on right now. Right. So yeah, it makes sense. But people accepted that first as like the first thing that he said. It's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But as people started doing the economics behind this. They started realizing that for the price spec, especially with the forty eight with the forty eighty series, the three hundred dollar difference, actually the six hundred dollar difference between the two specs. When you look at the specs, it's like this is not, this is not the proper, this is not right. Yeah, you're getting a little extra performance boost, for almost like four to five hundred dollars more. Yeah, they determined Why? that the. Performance boost was like only like a forty three percent difference between on the same card though, not between the two generations. That's between the two generations. Okay, between the same cards, judging just by the spec sheet, it's literally a two percent difference. And it's like, how does that equate like a four hundred dollar upcharge? So now people are starting to say that Nvidia might have made a mistake by charging so much for these cards, probably because they got a little. Money hungry because during the Bitcoin thing going on. Yeah. Um, NVIDIA also came out um, and said that they're, well, it was found out that they're going to start limiting creation of 3,000 series cards. So those supplies will dry up to push 4,000 series cards. So basically what you're saying is buy your 3080 now. now. Buy the 3080 now. You really don't need, I'll be honest with you. You don't need. The 4000 series. I don't genuinely believe for the average gamer. If you have a 3000 series card right now. You're fine. Keep, you're fine. You, you're perfectly fine. It'll be a bit of time or, before you absolutely need. In my opinion though, RDNA 3, when it does drop, AMD's event is next week. Mm. Um, if AMD knocks it out of the park by saying, hey, here's where we're pricing everything at. I'm just going to start telling people, get AMD cards. <laughs> Regardless if NVIDIA on paper is better for It is streaming. no longer the console war. It is now the graphics card war. Oh, it's 100%. It is 100% now if you're team red or team green. And AMD, I know everyone goes, um, <laughs> pulls a Sony. I highly doubt that, actually. I hi- Who's going to pay almost $900 for a lower spec card? No one. Like, it's like, okay... Your flagship is the 3090, uh, is the 4090, which is like $1,500. The next step below that is 900 bucks. Why? That makes no sense. The, I, I feel like AMD is going to charge a lot less. I feel like AMD did that. Um, oh, okay. That's fair. Um, AMD uh, did that because for their... 5,000 release of um, CPUs. Yeah. They upcharged a bit and everyone's complaining about it. AMD's like, but we're winning right now. Like, Intel doesn't have anything. We're allowed to make a little extra money. And even the reviewers, like, they're allowed to make a little extra money. Like, they've hit it out of the park so so well that they're allowed to upcharge now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just business. Like, come on. You guys can't be mad about that. And now for their new series, for the um, new AM, for the 7,000 series, it seems like they... Scaled back. It's like, hey, this is a new platform and everything. So, uh, yeah, this is what it's going to cost. And everyone's out there's like, you're giving us this much performance at basically bargain bin rates? Yes. Why? What, what deal have you made with the, with the devil? 
None. <laughs> None. They're just like, we want you guys to buy the platform. AMD's just going to pull a Sony. The guy's going to come on stage and be like, 500 bucks. They do, uh, like, their flagship card has always been around $1,000. <laughs> um, while AMD does have issues with drivers and firmware and all that, and yes, I will say, if, if you're a streamer, the NVIDIA cards are better because they have the better tech yeah. behind them. NVIDIA needs to be kind of slapped right now. Every company eventually gets greedy, and then they get they learn the hard way. Yeah, they oh, it always happens. In it's the, very cyclic in it nature. Is. It in always happens. Hardware though, in computer hardware, it's a bit harder because a lot of the people. It's such a small, specific slice of engineering that these companies are trading the same employees. Literally within years of each other. Yeah. It's like, hey, didn't you like I, I could tell you when I do when I used to do chocolate lemon stuff, the rep for AMD left and went to NVIDIA. I went that. to NVIDIA, then went from NVIDIA to Intel, then Intel back to AMD. And I'm just like, so where are you working now? He's like, uh looks at his watch, is like, right now I'm I'm working for AMD. I'm like, in the next five minutes it might be NVIDIA again. I'm like, great. <laughs> it's just like, come on. This is the first time I'm seeing, like, not to, like, change subjects, but yeah. we're, we're getting all this information on different links on the website while we're looking at the website. But the website banner advertisements are of Solstice, which dropped earlier this week, and I just picked up the physical copy yeah. today, and I'm just like, I didn't think anyone really, like, it felt like this was, like, a PC, game that I'll no be quite honest with you. Kind of, the PC community will look at console games sometimes and be like, we really like this game, and they will go to bat for certain console games. Yeah. So, uh, needless to say, uh, Solstice gets the uh, the decor <laughs> stamp of approval because, like, every once in a while, there's a game that comes out that gets no press whatsoever. Oh. Solstice is that game this year. <laughs> My mistake. The forty eighty sixteen gigabyte version is one thousand one hundred ninety nine. The forty eighty twelve gigabyte version is eight ninety nine. The th the forty ninety, if I remember correctly, is actually two K. That's expensive. Yeah, that's absurd. That's absurd. Ugh. And between the two forty eighty specs, there's not that much of a difference. Yeah, it's absurd. Yeah, moving on from video cards, uh, there were a lot of leaks. <laughs> it's been a lot of news. <laughs> it's been a lot of news in the leak the leak community. Uh, one of the biggest leaks that happened this week uh, was the reveal of. Early developmental footage of Grand Theft Auto 6. <laughs> uh, oh, I love this. I absolutely love this. And, like, everyone was, like, complaining about how, like, it looked bad. And I'm over here thinking positive about it. I was like, look, this is early developmental footage of Rockstar and Grand Theft Auto 6. And it looks better than any completed Ubisoft game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can I just say one thing? This game, that this this leak, has just fully validated everything Star Citizen has shown. Because everyone went back. Because Star Citizen also passed this week their five hundred million, yeah, five hundred million funding goal. Right. Apparently, so everyone's just like, oh, but isn't this game still in alpha? It's like, yeah. And you see how how that's a closed alpha, and how that looks like, yeah, we have an open alpha. Where we have players who come in all the time and complain to us and bug check for us. You see that game development's hard? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny that like people thought this looked bad, and I'm like, this looks better than like a lot of stuff that's currently I'll out. To be quite honest with you, I'm not happy with this leak. I'm so I'm happy but with it, certain it, leaks. It was it was done by a hacker. Yes. Uh, it's actually being investigated by the FBI currently. Yep. <laughs> so um. That's pretty crazy when well, you think about it. because hacking in the United States is a class one felony? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. It's like the same, it's the same level of felony as, um, as actually drug cartel. Yeah, um, the other thing too is um, the person who did this hack and revealed Grand Theft Auto yeah. 6, they also threatened uh, Rockstar with some type of ransom and yeah. said if you don't pay this ransom we're going to release the source code for this game and Rockstar said okay the US government <laughs> yeah, yeah basically <laughs> the problem is that he still might have there is uh, talks that he still might have the source code online somewhere yeah that is time to release 
if that source code releases and everyone's gonna be like, yeah. So now we see that Grand Theft Auto, like, this is why I hate the gaming community. There are people cheering for this, saying this is great. And I'm like, no, no because if that code hits the, the internet, your game's getting deleted. They will straight up cancel that project, mm -hmm. which means that is what? 10 years of work gone? Well, this Grand Theft Auto has been in production for the past, going on four years now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about four or five years of work that'll probably go down the drain if... Gone. Absolutely gone. Uh, speaking of other leaks, there was a 40-minute gameplay leak of Diablo 4. Like, we already know this game's coming out, but, like... I don't understand why they were so secretive about gameplay. What what other gameplay can you do for Diablo? I don't know. <laughs> but it leaked. Yeah. And it made the news. Um These aren't the only games that have ever been leaked yeah, in history. Been, yeah. We've we've had a lot of noteworthy Half -Life games. Half-Life 2 was leaked. That was hilarious. Half-Life 2 leaked. Oh, Witcher 3 was leaked before yeah. it was ever announced. Um I'm trying to think, like, what else? Uh, pretty, pretty much, much every <laughs> single Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> That's true. Except for the first one. Crisis 2 was leaked. The Witcher 3 era. I remember Mass, Mass Effect, Effect 3. Doom 3 was leaked beforehand. I remember playing the mm. Doom 3 alpha. Yeah. That you had to, like, type in a command to get it to run. Uh, the first expansion to StarCraft 2 was leaked. Accident that, I don't consider it a leak. That was a developer mistake. They released a bunch of units that weren't in yeah. StarCraft 2, like the, the Wings of Liberty. And everyone's just like, wait, what's this? And they're like, ah, don't, don't pay attention to that. Yeah. Uh, Modern Warfare 3 which was a disappointment. Honor 2 was leaked. I remember that. Yeah, Cataclysm leak. I remember that one. Stalker was leaked well before it came out. <laughs> yeah. That was like super early, too. too yeah. Uh, I remember, like, the thing is, I think back to the Doom 3 Alpha. And even for me, I guess because I was younger then, like, I was just so amazed at how that game looked. And then you look back at it now, and you're like, this game has not aged well at all. Game, most, of the, most of that era has not aged well, if you think about it. I mean, Half-Life 2 was around the same time, so. Which sadly still looks good. Yes, because Half-Life 2 has always been, Half-Life in general has always been an amazing looking game. Half-Life Alex had no right looking that good or being that good. Uh, but then, you know, we all had Doom 3 and we all wanted, you know, the flashlight to be attached to the gun. You know what's funny? Isn't it because of Doom 3 that every game now launches with that little um, watermark image thing where it's like, hey, adjust your screen's brightness. I don't know if... I feel like every after Doom 3, every shooter... Or any game that is like that takes place with some kind of dark scene or things like that. Right. Has that, hey, adjust this so you can kind of see this image. Maybe. That way the game's not too dark for you. I feel like they've done that for a while now. I feel like it came, became more prevalent after Doom. Maybe. Yeah, lots of PC leaks. Um, Grand Theft Auto 6 looks interesting. Uh, one, of the main one of the main takeaways is that this time around it may be a female lead. As opposed to the traditionally male, traditional male lead of Grand Theft Auto. Uh, it looks like it's taking place in Vice City again. But obviously it's going to be more expanded to a bigger chunk of the area. Vice City is based off of which actual city again? Oh, uh, Miami. Oh, okay, so it's yeah. Miami. I don't know why I keep thinking Vegas. Yeah, like Vice City was Miami. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 3's Liberty City is modeled after New York. Yeah, I know. Um, because I remember that, that intro scene. It's on the, the damn... New Jersey Turnpike. Yes. <laughs> Going back into Manhattan. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you ever forget Miami Vice City. Okay, True. that's fair. Very fair. All right. Um, while we have some time left, let's get into some of the major news, uh, specifically surrounding Twitch, which has been popping up in the headlines a lot recently. All week. <laughs> They've had a week. Twitch has had a week, man. Uh, what do we start with first? Let's talk about the, the, the gambling. Let's talk about the gambling, uh, which after gambling, we can go into the money talk because yeah. that, that kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, so Twitch put out a ban on streaming gambling sites. Specifically, there was a game, uh, a crypto game mm -hmm. that allowed you to gamble and everything. And, and um, it's not a full ban per se, 
if the site is based in the U.S. in a district that has the allowance for gambling, yes, it can be on the site, which still isn't what I say. No, you need to go further. If your site is going to be open to 13-year-olds, it is either all or nothing. Yes. You can have, you could, it is a choice. You either choose the cake or you choose the pie. You cannot have both. <laughs> cannot have both. Yeah. You could either be a platform that has 13 years old, 13 year olds on it. Therefore, you can't have gambling and adult themes on it. Or you could just raise the age to 18 plus period. I feel like when it comes to something with streaming, uh, you know, I get that like, the popular thing is that like it's a gateway for kids to become popular online, start a community or whatever like this, and that can lead to so many problems. Uh, that can lead to don't. a lot of other things. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I realistically do feel like if you're gonna have this stuff on the game, you're gonna have mature rated games being able to be streamed and whatnot. As a streaming platform, it should just be limited to eighteen plus, like yeah. just off the rip. Um, All social media, I think, should be eighteen plus. Yeah. <laughs> And that should be that. That's for. I don't need children coming into my Twitter DMs telling me like, "Why did you retweet this?" I'm like, <laughs> "It's my Twitter." <laughs> I think it's different with YouTube because YouTube you can. YouTube is is different. I don't consider YouTube a social media platform. Right. I view YouTube as basically a video platform. Which it is, yeah. It is. Well, yes, they have streaming, but YouTube has actual content guidelines. Mm -hmm. Unlike Twitch, unlike all these others. Correct. Um, this in turn, uh, coincides with a change in Twitch policy where if you are a partnered streamer, normally your payout was in a 70, 30 split and now it's going to become a 50, 50 split. And well, if you are, if you were someone who was already grandfathered into the 70, 30 split, that's stays up until your first 100 K yeah. and then it converts over to a 50, 50, 50 split. split. Uh, this has obviously upset a lot of people. Uh, but this doesn't feel like a Twitch move. I feel like this is an Amazon move. 100% it's an Amazon move. Especially because, like, hey, I'm subbed to some people and I still get ads. Yeah. I've noticed that. Yeah. Um, and what it is is that it's not even, like, ads that interrupt the thing. It's an ad that pops up on, like, the left side of the stream. Oh, no, I get startup ads, too. Really? Pre I get pre-rolled ads still. Damn. That's uh, terrible. Yeah, it, It's absolutely horrific. I absolutely hate it. Um... My my big issue right now is that means Twitch retroactively confirmed that they had different contracts with different people. Mm -hmm. um, this just this just came up recently. Um, for those of you who know, uh, Linus Tech Tips, they were talking about their Twitch contract, why they were allowed to stream both to Twitch and YouTube because it was in their contract. That was something that they fought for back in the day, and. To be quite honest with all of you, um, Twitch has been on the record saying we don't treat other creators as special. This coming out kind of has blown up that lie. That means that they lied to their entire community base. Now, if I was YouTube or Brime or Caffeine.TV... I'd be, I'd be, if, well, in Brian's case, I'd be advertising and sending out people like, hey, do you want to be on our site? That was YouTube. I'd be sending out contracts and be like, hey, do you want a contract with us? We'll help you. We'll put you, we'll redo our landing pages and everything. It's just, if I was caffeine, I would just, uh, I would just throw out the whole site and build a new one. But that's a whole different thing. Um, but yeah, it's been, uh, been a lot of uh things there was recently a few other articles i don't know if we want to go into them um that there's a lot of stuff happening with twitch um some of it might involve the federal government in bad ways yeah so there was a recent article uh, out of bloomberg yep written where, by cecilia actually yeah well, we, we know her yep. <laughs> <laughs> um but she recently put out an article on uh that uh, that was on bloomberg.com where uh it was revealed that certain Twitch channels were created to specifically target young children uh, for trafficking. Um, this is not anything new. This has been around since Justin TV days. It's so, been around uh, since you know, but uh, it's just the one internet. Th it's been around since the internet. Uh, but the the 
I guess the surprise factor is that a lot of it was centered around Twitch where they would specifically target young teens' yeah. channels and things like that. It's not even just that. It was just that that these channels have been reported before mm-hmm. and Twitch did nothing. That's where the red flag is. And that's going to be a problem. Like, Yeah, and it, it ties back into what you were saying earlier. It's like you can't be both. Like you now it's getting to a point where as a streaming service, you have to be like the internet. The line has to be drawn somewhere now. The the line has to be drawn on the internet. And I know this is a very unpopular opinion, like across everyone, because it's like, oh, the internet should be for everyone. Yes. But I'm sorry to say there's a lot of people that should not be interacting with other people for various reasons. (laughs) Um, The line has to be drawn. And this is something that I've been saying. I'm like, listen, you and I both grew up on the internet. We saw things no children should see. There was a period in time where I saw war propaganda videos on YouTube. Yeah. You could Google this stuff and find it online. Now it's a lot harder to get. You can, is this is stuff you can only find on what's called the dark web. Or if you go to Not like, even the dark web, you, you actually can, find, you can still find it. It's just they're very small sites that don't really populate the Google top. Yeah, but before these rules and regulations, there was a time where the the YouTube, early YouTube and early search stuff was the wild, wild west. God. And it was lawless. Oh, completely lawless. (laughs) It was completely lawless. Actually, Facebook um, is running into this. Uh, For those of you who don't know that, um, Facebook tried to automate their system, realized that, no, you need actual people to go over content guidelines. Yep. And then they realized those people needed a lot of therapy. <laughs> because there is a lot of screwed up like stuff that happens on Facebook. And it's funny. And I think the funny thing is, is like, you know, you have all these things happening with Twitch. And everyone's like, oh, you know, we'll just jump to YouTube. And it's like, you don't understand how difficult it is to really stream on YouTube. It's gotten, alone, easy. it's gotten easier. I will say it's gotten easier. Let alone put the, content on that. The <laughs> the hard part for YouTube now is discoverability. Yes. That is where the hard part is. There's oh. no there's no landing page yeah. for it. And I think that's so, the funniest thing about YouTube. Like YouTube is literally the place for video content. Yeah. And they're absolutely there's terrible no at streaming. There's no way to browse it. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way to properly browse it. Like, it's, 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 it's funny that that's how YouTube is. And the thing is, when you look at how their site is set up or whatever, it's literally a layup for them to focus on streaming. Like, they it's could so easy. easily convert you it. Just need, you just need a landing they page. They just need a landing page. They just need a proper landing page, like what Twitch says, to find discoverability. That's the problem. You can't really search by game on YouTube because it mixes both long content, short content, and live stream videos. Yes. This was always my headache. The fact that Live did so well on YouTube makes me wonder. And then I realize, oh, right. Nico Nico Doga. <laughs> That's how people figured it out. Because Nico Nico Doga uses the YouTube backend. Mm-hmm. So it's the exact same. So what, but what they'll do is, hey, for the JP cast, Nico Nico. For their US cast, here's the link from the twit from the Twitter to where the actual YouTube page is. Yep. That's how it went. Yeah. At this point, I think everyone should just go to float plane. Because I think that <laughs> has the best. Like I know, I know I, I sometimes like like to talk up like LTT and like Linus's stuff. But his website float plane for creators is probably the most fair for creators and consumers. Yeah. Because when you subscribe to that channel. You're giving the creator money, and in return, you get it's like pay per view. Right. It makes the most sense. It <laughs> does. I think it's it's just going to get to the point that at some point someone's going to f- figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. And we're going to have like a proper streaming service that <laughs> Canadian YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go to Canadian YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> um. Because, like, Twitch, we, we all know Twitch isn't the end-all, be-all. It just happens to be the more, most popular one right it happens now. To be the, it happens to be the first one and the most popular. I think it will still exist for the longest time because it is the front-runner. Mm-hmm. And I'll be quite honest with you. If Microsoft didn't kill Mixer, I'm pretty sure Mixer would be doing much better right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of feel like it would have. 
Judging by the fact that both Facebook and YouTube and Brime and Caffeine all base all their backends now on Mixer's backend, like, hmm. Yeah. I mean, Mixer was a really mixed bag, and I think it was mostly because Microsoft just didn't know what to do with exactly, it. That's what it was. Microsoft um, didn't know what to do with it. But I'm sitting here, I'm like, I think you killed it too early. I think they just didn't want to, like, they didn't want to invest in it. They just yeah. didn't care, you know. But they could have just tied it. Like, think about, think about this. Mixer with Game Pass. Yeah. Think about it. That could have been something. That could have been, like, it's like, oh, you have Game Pass? Here, we're going to make streaming so much easier for you. <laughs> Especially with their new consoles. Like, I guess time will tell on that end. Um, it could. But the thing is, like, you know, you, you, if, you, if you're someone who is an up-and-coming content creator or you're trying to figure out where to go when it comes to content. Um, everywhere. Try everything. Literally. literally just literally try everything. Just throw everything. Throw you know, everything everywhere. We do this on Twitch uh, mostly because it's easy it's, and it's what's known. Um, I mean, I have it set up for and, and we And we can set it Facebook. up for everything else. That's allowed now because they changed that policy. So now you can do to an extent. To an extent, um, but literally, like if 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 I can share anything with you that's not gaming related, uh, when it comes to content creation, just be willing to try everything. You know, there's tons of other platforms out there that are just starting out. You may want to read up on them. We've mentioned them a few times before uh, throughout this episode. So you know, just listen to it again and and then research. Uh, maybe Facebook gaming's for you. You never know. Maybe you can find some success on YouTube streaming. Um, there's plenty of avenues for a lot of different things. Um, and the best thing to do is just try them all and figure out which one you like for yourself. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. Been a pretty uh, slow week. You know, we just off the cusp of uh, a lot of game shows. Now it's kind of like the calm before the, the storm. The calm, before, the calm before the Ragnarok, so to speak. <laughs> um, um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, for us gamers, it's a crazy time period because October's got a lot of games and November's got a lot of games. And <laughs> yeah, it definitely wasn't calm on the streaming side, but no. Um, as the gamers, this is the part where we get to breathe, and then it's the dive into all the games. I mean, October, we got Overwatch. We got Plague Tale. A lot of games. Just too many. Like, I just Bayonetta bought... Bayonetta 3. Yeah, God. Damn it. It's crazy. Anyway, stick around. We got more gaming content for you coming up next as RJ and Joel will tackle some more great ace attorney. Uh, we, of course, will continue with the streaming content. Uh, besides today, you guys know I'm on Tuesdays and Sunday, and we got a bunch of streaming content every day of the week, mostly, with our specials on Saturday, like our radio dramas, which you can check out over on our YouTube as we've been listening up. You can check out our Vox Machina uh, playthrough, our live read-along read that we did. Um, if my son is ready in the chat, because I know he's up in there somewhere, we can do some of those commands for our discords and the like. Uh, so we'll give him a little bit of time to do that. We got Vox Marking a Part 2 coming up on Saturday. So you can definitely check that out as well. Um, plus our other radio dramas are up on our YouTube channel. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can do so over at our Discord. Feel free to at me at Omega Z and let me know what you want to talk about. If it's anything game related, if you want me to talk about other things, I'm uh, pretty much open to discussing everything video and esports related with all of you on that channel there. You can also check out our website, digitalerentertainment.com, for all our social media links and previous episodes of our podcast, as well as our uh, written content, most of it by yours truly. We got some reviews up there, working on... Uh, Working through the backlog on the side as I stream Fall Guys for you guys. Uh, checking out some games. Uh, getting ready for October. We're going to have the double whammy of playing through both Plague Tales. A Plague Tale Innocence PlayStation 5 version. So we can see the changes from the PlayStation 4 version to now. 
as well as the new sequel, A Plague Tale Requiem. That's all going to be coming up from yours truly. So definitely stay tuned for that on our social media. Uh, if you wish to support us, we have our merch. You can check out our merch at our Stream Elements uh, store, streamelements.com, slash Digital Era Entertainment. Get your D-hoodies, or D-tank tops, D-mugs for your beverage of choice. And you can also check out our sponsor, Image Anime, imageanime.com, and use our promo code DISCOUNTSHIP to save on free ground shipping on orders over $100 for all in-stock products. And definitely check out our YouTube for uh, some of those products we have on our monthly recaps, as well as our teaser trailer for Kokoro no Pro, our upcoming wrestling-themed visual novel. Treaser trailer. Yeah, I know. I, I stumbled on that one. <laughs> <laughs> tired, man. I've been know, up since 6.30 this morning. Same. This is crazy. I work for a living. I do things. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Again, stick around. We have RJ and Joel coming up with some great ace attorney. Uh, that's going to do it for us, though. <laughs> Tweezer. We made a lot of wood and stop motion, for oh sure. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to do it for today. We will catch you next time, as always. But until then, you've been decoded. <laughs>